Welcome to Experience Meet the Expert podcast program. It's a new series of seven short interviews with our team of experts to explore what is now the new normal following the outbreak of the global COVID-19 pandemic. Starting from emerging needs within financial markets, we're going to investigate how to face new challenges and really identify innovative solutions to ensure you can be better placed to deal with emerging challenges during this unprecedented times. Today, we'll talk about how banks can adapt to the rapidly evolving economic situation. My name is Dominic E. I'm the Thought Leadership and Content Manager at Experian. I'm here today with Marion Machiev, Head of Analytics at Experian. So let me first tell you a bit about Marion. He joined Experian in 2007. Uh, he's now responsible for the analytics team delivering credit risk, scoring consultancy models right across the credit life cycle. And he also looks at collection models and strategies, Basel and IFS9 requirements, as well as research and development and innovation in these areas. Marion's been working closely with numerous clients right across the region, and he's agreed to discuss some of the current challenges being faced following the outbreak of the global pandemic. So right now, many banks and lenders are continuing to wrestle with the impact of a rapidly evolving economic situation. But at the same time, they're also obliged to ensure they maintain sound business models that continue to be free from regulatory risk. Marion, it's clear the pandemic, the numerous lockdowns, the changing economic circumstances across the region have had a massive impact on income and cash flow for banks, lenders, and all areas of commerce. But despite this, there's no let up to the regulatory demands many firms face. Just an indication, what are the scale of penalties for non-compliance for, say, a global standard like IFRS 9? Yeah, thanks, Tom, and hi, hi, hi to you, and hi to everyone listening to this. So, when it comes to IFRS 9, of course, uh, there are secluded penalties which are determined by regulators themselves. And I could say that uh, most institutions are already compliant with IFRS 9, but now they need to show the impact of COVID-19 on their provisions, on their expected credit losses. They also need to adapt to the new default definition. Failure to do so leaves uh, them at risk of sanctions, of course, and significant penalties. That's why uh, a lot of the IFRS 9 projects are being well scrutinized by uh, by the stakeholders at each institution. So we have a lot of, of the board members actually um, actively tracking the progress of IFRS 9 projects. And it should come as no surprise that uh, choppy IFRS 9 projects or projects which were not well implemented within an institution uh, are then costing even the heads of some of the CROs and CFOs uh, that are working on them, simply because there's also a reputational risk involved uh, for an institution which, are, which is faced with penalties, sanctions, and even if the, the, the audit reports which uh, they receive are not good and are reflecting the issues with FRS9, this could be a serious uh, harm to the company, to the institution. Thanks, Marin. So that's, uh, yeah, that's quite a lot to juggle there, really, a lot of challenges. So where would you suggest an organization start in getting its house in order and making sure its internal models properly aligned with the regulatory expectations? Well, the first step is actually to understand uh, the expectations and requirements from auditors or regulators if we talk about um, IRB, not IFRS 9. So, 
this is the actually the essential step that they need to take. In order to do that, they need to be, of course, uh, regularly tracking as well the new regulations, the upcoming changes to them, and to stay one step ahead of that. They also need to invest in advanced modeling capabilities. And while ex European banks are generally not having any too much issues with liquidity or profitability, uh, of course, the crisis is is now impacting that. It's impacting the lending, it's impacting the capital requirements and provision requirements, and therefore it also uh, brings down profitability. That is why, from, a to, from today's perspective, and also because of the new uh, regulations and the updates of regulations happening uh, due to COVID, we see that the institutions should do um, very, very much continued testing, improvements, and optimization uh, of the uh, of their models, if their calculations of provisions, calculations of capital requirements. So they need to do that first of all on the go, very quickly, and as much as possible in an automated way. This, as you can imagine, requires a lot of data and a lot of resources. This means that institutions need uh, the right infrastructure and the right people behind the solutions. And uh, the way I see institutions handling these two, um, well, intensive requests are actually for infrastructure. If we talk about infrastructure, it's, I see institutions already embracing uh, the cloud-based uh, solutions for, for model development, for validation, and even for calculating uh, capital requirements. So cloud, the cloud is indeed becoming a valuable solution for institutions in order to scale up the infrastructure to help them build models and validate them in a very quick fashion and play with it because it is really about trying to achieve the optimal solution. Then when it comes to resources, of course, a lot of uh, institutions are still trying to, to do this on their own, but or with the excessive need of, um, of, of new tasks to be completed because of COVID and because in general of the new default definition, uh, we see that institutions more and more have to turn to external advisors to outsource projects, outsource the expertise that is needed for these projects. With, with the number of regulations in place and the number of regulations being updated, it's really difficult if you do this on your own. Then, of course, relying on an external provider can help you free up resources uh, to, to actually focus on the most valuable uh, projects for the uh, for the institution, which could include, of course, changing the strategy, changing the most important models. And uh, what, what to say about the benefits out of all of these changes, right? I mean, we do a lot of changes to models. We uh, This reflects uh, into changes into provisions and capital requirements, but how is this impacting the, the, the financial results of the bank? The fact is, um, of course, the more complex you go, the more insights you will get with economic forecasting, with stress testing and scenario analysis, that you can optimize your strategies to, to get the most profit, right? Because the, the bottom line is actually to, to get most profit. So there's a there's a usually a good return on investment and even a quick one if you have a really good uh, infrastructure of uh, models in place. 
um, in infrastructure of insights in place based on regulatory models, which you can use to quickly update your strategies. And even if, uh, even if uh, there is some expert judgment that needs to be put in place and that may uh, differ uh, between the experts from time to time, uh, the economic forecast and uh, a, a combination with lending policy will give you a very good and uh, future-proof uh, risk modeling framework. Thank you, Marion. Um, yeah, that's really interesting and uh, really comprehensive um, summary there. So you mentioned uh, a couple of times return on investment. Uh, I mean, while no two banks are the same, are there any results or anecdotes you can share with us? Well, uh, I can relate to some situations, especially in the recent past because of COVID, where um, I've seen, of course, institutions trying to recalculate and uh, provisions and reflect the impact that COVID has on their uh, provisions and losses. And uh, the end result was that provisions were going down. Uh, so this would trigger urgent uh, actions, uh, round tables of brainstorming what to tell auditors actually, um, why provisions are going down during a crisis. Um, and th I see some fun in that because it relates to basic human behavior going into a defense mode on uh, how you can you can actually explain things. In the end, of course, institutions um, finally find a way to to tackle issues so because now it's about you know investigating understanding um, the reasons uh, why you observe certain patterns why you observe certain results in the end and then taking an action to resolve this to 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 take uh, to, to achieve the optimal solution or let's say the current optimal solution because not always you're able to do that quickly uh, so yeah it sometimes it's funny to see how we go into into basic human behavior. I would I would say that that's as, as I said it's quite normal, uh, but it's part of the process. It's part of the process in, of, of creating resilience um, during crisis times, and by creating such a resilience, we we're actually helping the business uh, adapt adapt to the new normal. And we can definitely say that circumstances are currently unparalleled and changing quite quickly, changing on a daily basis or even within the day. So it is it is really difficult to say, okay, this is the best solution or the best practice solution. So again, it's down to finding the optimal solution. Maybe you need to play a bit with it, but you need to be ready to, to take on the challenge. So you need to have the, again, the resources, the infrastructure in place and when you do that, you can not only write out the short-term impact by adapting your business strategies, but you can also take advantage of the opportunities that you see in place. Uh, because if you adapt faster than the others, uh, of course, you can have much more opportunities for business. Thank you, Marin. That's, uh, that's fantastic. So uh, circumstances are changing not only by the day, but within the day. I mean, that's, uh, that's really interesting. That's um, a lot of insight you've given us there, particularly given it relates to such a short time frame since the, um, the pandemic really, uh, or the outbreak emerged. Um, but hopefully we can revisit the subject at a later date as the entire pandemic plays out. Please keep an eye on our landing page where you can find additional content that relates to this topic and 
many of the others that are recovering in our other six interviews. You also have the option to send questions directly to our panel of experts. And there's also a feedback button on the landing page. So thanks again for joining us.